Well, the psalmist today gives us a great uh, lead in. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, the, the keystone, the, the wedge stone that holds the whole, whole uh, arch all together. The stone the builders rejected has become the keystone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. For those with the eyes and hearts of faith, it is indeed marvelous. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Remember what we have learned or are learning from the book, The Prodigal God. Our God is recklessly extravagant, prodigal with His love. With His love. Our God is an awesome God. In the parable of the two lost sons, as Timothy Keller has been teaching us through his book, He points out, remember, in the fifth chapter or sixth chapter when you get there or if you've already gotten there, he points out that there is a missing person in the story. The true elder brother. The true elder brother who with his extravagant love would have gone searching for the lost younger brother to bring him home. That was a parable, though, Jesus was telling. Today, we celebrate the true story. Good Friday and Easter is a true story. A story of suffering, betrayal, death. And a story, an amazing, miraculous story. The rest of the story, resurrection. It is the truest story ever told or ever known. It's no story at all. It is history or his story, isn't it? For us and our salvation, the true elder brother came down from heaven looking for the lost sons, us. What happens Easter morning, as we heard in the gospel account today, or you can read it in John or Matthew or Mark, what happens Easter morning is the true elder brother is really actually missing again. They go to the tomb where he was just laid. He's missing. Where is he? I don't know if it's still current, but you know the Where's Waldo books, the stories? Remember those? Where's Waldo? Can you find Waldo? It's a great, great image there of Uh, children and adults. Uh, I caught that late on the ride. Uh, We didn't have it when my children were growing up. Oh, somebody thinks they found him. They think they got him. Got him. Allie has him. Vicky's found him. Where's Waldo? He's found. Well, Jesus is missing. Let me go back to the story again. It's really a distressing story, but it's what happened. In fact, let's go back to the very beginning of the story as Luke tells it. Go back to the very first chapter of Luke. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us. It's so important, just as it's been handed down, trying to get this exactly right, by those who from the first were what? Eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. Therefore... 
since I myself, now this is a, first of all, he's not a Jew, he's a Gentile like us, how wonderful, the only Gentile writer of the whole of the scriptures, uh, this one a wonderful man, a scientist, a physician, a medical kind of professional, Luke the physician, and he himself as a scientist, if you will, as a man interested in the precision that's required in surgery, if you will, this man now has carefully investigated everything from the beginning. And so he said, it seemed good to me to also write an orderly account for most excellent Theophilus and for all of us so that you also may know the certainty. Don't you like certainty sometimes in your life? This miraculous event is declared by Luke, the physician, to be a certainty of the things that you have been taught. And so the story comes to a conclusion. Now we're in the last chapter of Luke, the 24th chapter. All the Gospels end on this last note. It's the most glorious note of all. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they're going to do a loving act for their loving Lord who they thought was the one who had come to save, he's gone. He's dead. They can't find him. He's the missing Jesus, the missing true elder brother. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They get a mysterious uh, encounter, interaction with a couple of men who appear to be uh, like men, but more like angels, but kind of like men, with dazzling white raiment. And uh, they said, are you looking for the missing Jesus? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. So they run back to tell the others who are meeting together, fearful, the last remnant of the faithful, the ones who are still feeling guilty in their betrayals and their abandonment, but still meeting together. And they go and tell them, and they do not believe the woman The account says none of them, even though there are several eyewitnesses, Mary and Mary Magdalene and so on, Joanna. Well, Peter at least goes up and runs to the tomb, but he can't find the missing Jesus either. Where's Waldo? He went away wondering what the world's going on. So we got to get the rest of the story before we go home today. I mean, we really do. Let's let's move on through chapter 24. And we know that um, here are two other guys, one of them names Cleopas and They are heading home also dejected. We thought he's not, he's dead, he's gone. Talking about things, Jesus himself comes up alongside them. They don't recognize him. We don't know why. Something different in his resurrected visage. What are you talking about? You haven't heard? He came, we thought... We had Palm Sunday, but then there was arrest and betrayal. The leaders wanted to get rid of him. He was a threat to the Roman authorities. He was a threat to the Jewish authorities. He's gone, and we're just going home defeated. But it's amazing. Some of the, there's a rumor out. It's the third day. Some of the women say they went to the tomb, and Waldo's still missing. Jesus is missing. They couldn't find his body, verse 23. So, what to do? Some of our companions, verse 24, also went to the tomb. They can't find Jesus, though, but the tomb is empty. 
where's the missing true elder brother? So he tells them about the true elder brother. Did not the Christ Messiah, the anointed one, have to first suffer and then enter his glory? In that first marvelous, first time ever explication from Genesis to Malachi, the story of the Old Testament, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains to them what was been said in Scripture to prepare us for this day. They get close to the village. It's getting dark. It's been a long day. We followed it from before sunrise to sunset. But they begged him to uh, stay with them. So he joins them. He's at the table with them. He does it again. (laughs) He takes the bread. He gives thanks. He breaks the bread. And he gives it to them. And in that resurrected act, their eyes are opened. They realize the missing true elder brother is sitting right beside them. Well, these two dejected guys are so excited, they've just walked seven miles down and away from Jerusalem. They turn around in the dark. They return at once. They find the eleven and those with them, the eleven, the women, Joanna, Mary Magdalene, Mary the wife of Clopas, a number of others, no doubt. They find them and they're together. It's true. We found the missing Jesus. And they tell them first, it's true. Simon Peter has seen him. We found the missing Jesus, the true elder brother. They're there. Their faith is stirred. Their hope is stirred. Their excitement is stirred. Jesus himself stands among them, speaks to them, peace be with you. Didn't I tell you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law, the prophets, the Psalms? He opens their minds to Scripture so they can see Scripture through the eyes of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. Their eyes, like scales, scales fall from their eyes. They see. They see. And he says, now, last thought. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. So there's more to the story. We have to stay tuned and wait also. Stay in, in the city until you've been clothed with power. From on high. Well, brothers and sisters, we're not living in the days of the resurrection and his, his ascension, those 40 days, that length of time where Jesus was physically present on earth. In fact, he told them on another occasion, I must go away because if I don't go away, the rest of the story can't be completed. But if I go away, my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, the Counselor will come to you. And you will live in that special time of the Holy Spirit instead. And we live in those days. We do not get what they get except on rare occasions from a rare witness. We do not get with our physical eyes seeing the physically present Jesus in his flesh and blood. 
for he is resurrected and he is ascended, seated at the right hand of God. But he has sent his spirit and Christ becomes the unseen, though present Lord Jesus. Where is Jesus? Well, you will not find him in the cemetery. You will not find him in the tomb. You will not find his corpse anywhere. Where is Jesus? We live in a time and an age that has lasted about 2,000 years. And Jesus is present through Scripture. He shows it to the two men on the road to Emmaus. He shows it to the men and women gathered in that room as he explicates and explains Scripture He becomes more and more present to them. He does to us as well. Where is Jesus? He took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it. And in that act of his own self-giving and in that memorial remembrance of his self-giving, he is truly present again. The unseen, though present, Lord Jesus. Where is Jesus? Well, whether it's with the two on the road to Emmaus, where two or three gather in my name, there am I. Or whether it's in that gathered community of apostles and disciples and followers of Jesus, where the community of faith gathers and yearns and seeks for him, he is there as well. He will appear. Our Lord was among us. I know because I know, we say. Where is Jesus Oh, of course, in the praises of his people. Just as this morning, as we have lifted our hearts and lips and lives in praise to the Lord, he is manifestly present here. I know he is. The unseen, but present, Lord Jesus. Present because risen. Risen to demonstrate his effective power over sin and death, and Satan. So isn't that interesting? What we do as Anglicans every Sunday. We take the word of Scripture and read it, hoping, yearning to have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus through His word, or a communal encounter where we all just have a sense that He is here among us changing and healing and nourishing and cleansing and restoring. What do we do every Sunday? We take the bread. We take the bread. We bless it. We break it. Risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. And we give it. And he's present with us. And every Sunday, we don't do this by ourselves at home. There's a, there's a physical requirement of proximity that the, the faithful come together just as they did on that first Easter day, come together in a regular way. And somehow in that faith among us as it is quickened in the community, Jesus said, I will be present in these communities of faith. And what do we do every Sunday? Praise, give thanks and adoration with musical instruments and our musical instruments and our hands and hearts and we just are lost in wonder, love and praise every Sunday. So here we are. 
it's Sunday. Where's Jesus? We found the true elder brother. We found the true elder brother. He is here among us for you, for each of you, for you to have a personal encounter with the risen Lord for your life in order that he will make all the difference for your life. The Holy Spirit helps make that happen. What a story. His story, your story, my story, our story. He is risen. He is present. He is alive. The true elder brother is found right here. Right here. May that always be true for this community. Thanks be to God and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.